Dudes to Dads is a podcast to help men understand and navigate the transition of being a single dude into a family man. How do we make sense of it all? Well, we probably won't be able to, but let's go ahead and have some fun trying. And we are back. We are back. I'm Jason Kreidman. I'm Alan Bush. And this is Dudes to Dads. How's it going, Alan? Wonderful. Oh, with a sigh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not always oh, those hidden it's messages. Well. It's wonderful, I'm, yet <laughs> I'm breathing heavy yeah, because yeah, it's not really a long, long, drawn out day, but good. Awesome. It's really you know good. we have a very special guest today, um, Jim. Who we'll just call him Jim. Jim. He's a, a, a friend of mine. Uh, I've known Jim for many years, um, and the topic for today is raising a child with special needs. So Jim, uh, I'll let him talk. That's the purpose of him being here. But basically, (laughs) you know, going through some of the uh, blessings, you know, some of the difficulties, some of the challenges and some of the wonderful things that he's experienced. Um, and, and, And the purpose of this is to help dads who might be, uh, you know, they're finding out that they're pregnant. That's the first step. And then they find out that there might be something going on that they, you know, need to either be, uh, you know, educated on or concerned about or something like that. So that's kind of the purpose of today. And so with that, Jim, I want to say hello. How are you? Hello. (laughs) Nice to see you, Jason. Nice to see you. (laughs) Nice to meet you. Um, So why don't you give us just a brief intro uh, to your son? You have an only child. Um, Give us just a little bit of an intro to who he is and, and we'll sort of start there. Okay. Um, TJ is what we like to call him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's 22 years old, and he is uh, a um, very active you know, person in the community, and he uh, continues to learn at his pace, mm-hmm. um, continues to provide love and support, um, and is a definite contributing member of society. So um, we try to count those blessings as we Absolutely. go through our days. What And and I know him personally too, and he, he is a wonderful person. I enjoy hanging out with him. We have great times. Um, I want to start sort of from the beginning of how did you know that there was something going on? Was this something that, you know, prior to birth, um, you know, people do tests. There's a lot of tests that can happen or different things. Was this something you knew prior to birth? No. Okay. No, this, this happened, um, about 18 months, uh, when he wasn't walking, didn't roll over, um, speech wasn't where it should be, mm-hmm. you know, for, um, somebody at that age. So there's no so visible signs. There were, there were no, and he was our only son. So, yeah. um, you didn't, you didn't kind of know what to look for. <laughs> I had no idea right. and either did, you know, my wife, um, and he checked out fine. I mean, yeah. he, he was healthy, um, and is continues to be healthy. Um, but then there was, you know, some auditory and some vision, you know, skills that were diminished uh, that we found out about 18 months into his progression. And is that just like with a doctor's visit or was it something you noticed and said, you know, maybe we should have this more checked out? We went to more specialists um, after, um, you know, the, I don't know, 16 to 18 months. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, they gave us 
challenges to, you know, to challenge ourselves on how to um, challenge him to test him. Yeah, to, to grab a tennis ball or to, you know, to try to get him to roll over mm. or um, okay. all kinds of vision therapy and, and, you know, speech therapy. So at that time, um, how were you feeling? You know, I mean, you're you, you, the proud dad. You have an 18 month old, and you know, I, I, knowing for myself of how much you want for your child at that time, I know that that's how I felt. Oh, I can't wait till he do, does this, or I can't wait till they're going to do this. How were you feeling at that time? Well, as, if you can remember, as any, yeah, as any parent, you you know, you want the best for your child. Um, so I was confused. You know, and, and a, a little bit heartbroken. Uh, it was a disheartening um, reality. Um, but then you just have to change your goals and you, you know, refocus yourself because it's not really a, about what you, know, you want. You, <laughs> yeah. Right. It's mm-hmm. it's really how are you going to embrace and help the person that's in front of you? Got it. So you were you're at about 18 months. You find this out. You then like you. it sounds like you were taking him to specialists, you were doing more things and, and becoming a little bit more active than you uh, traditionally need to be, you know, with a, with a, a kid who doesn't experience this. Um, how then, like what happened then into the sort of the next couple of years, let's call it toddlers. Did that development continue to be stalled? Did was there just slower progress or how did, how did that sort of go within the next couple of years? Yeah. I mean, it, it didn't stall. I mean, because he continued to learn. He would continue to uh, to you know eat well and mm-hmm. and be healthy. Um, it was just keeping up with quote unquote um, the average. You know, did they child. provide you any diagnosis at that time? N- not even still today. So it was basically. Well, they don't hey, know what it is. No. Really? Yeah. So they said there's, you know, delays in auditory or delays in motor skills, but they really didn't give it a name. There is no name for it. Interesting. Wow. It's not autism. It's, he does have Tourette's, you know, now uh, we, we've. He goes, does he go through periods of that or is that. Yeah. Periods of ticks. I mean, when he was a real youngster, you know, 12 to 18 months, he would sit in his bouncy chair and wave his arm back and forth to make himself bounce, you know? Got it. And so that was his way of trying to cope with, you know, what he was doing. Mm. Um, when he was happy that he was going to eat, he would, you know, bang on the on the little, you know, tray <laughs> in front of him. I might still um, do that. Yeah. To, <laughs> to, you know, to show his, his joy, you know, at that time. Was that, um, you know, not having a diagnosis, did, did that make it more difficult? It's frustrating. Yeah. I mean, because you kind of say, well, how do we, you know, how do we yeah. work with this? Well, you can't fix it. Right now. So there's that's, no fix. there's yeah. no fix. So, I mean, that was the, that was, once you wrap your head around that, that, that there is no right. fix yeah. and that how do you we're all individuals yeah. and, and everybody's going to learn and, and progress at their own pace. Right. Then you could set into how are we going to help this individual? And so then the reality was, okay, let's, let's do the best we can with, you know, each day that, you know, mm-hmm. that we're trying to teach him. And how, it so wasn't you, trying to fix. Yeah, no, that. of course yeah. not. Of course not. Um, the, what about the effects on your relationship? You know, I would imagine, 
you're putting in a lot of effort towards the child, which people are anyways at that age. Um, sort of there's sort of some extra stresses that probably come up. And like you said, there's some frustrations. There's not knowing. I mean, that alone, just not knowing what to do is a big frustration with all parents, um, let alone like you have a, a another bucket, you know, of, of unknowns to deal with. How how was the stress on the relationship? Um, well, Debbie and I um, kind of took turns and um, she did more of the matronly thing and I did more of the activity mm-hmm. things. Um, she did more of the child advocate things. I did more of the social things. Um, so it it brought us together as a whole. Um, but as you know, if you were going to be selfish, um, I could see how it would you know, obviously you're not a lot of effort towards the child versus which happens anyways. Right. Um, but that puts a strain in itself. I mean, just not paying attention as much to the relationship. Right. You're going to, you're going to, so you'd have date nights and you'd have, you know, grandmas and aunts and people come over and, and, um, you know, so that you could get out. I mean, that's with every, yeah, I would imagine any right. kid, any child. If you have a child that you need to take care of, then that's going to happen. Was there any right? additional support network? Uh, meaning, you know, when you're faced with this, was that a conscious decision to seek out others that might be going through it as well? Um, yeah, we. You have to. Uh, look for child advocates Mm -hmm. that are experts um, in the field. Um, And then they would give you um, key points to, to look for and to, and milestones um, to, you know, to praise him for. Right. Um, So that is definitely something that you'd want to start at an early. Yeah. I I guess mean, I mean, I was thinking more of, um, and the reason this came about is I knew somebody who had uh, somebody that was in their family with some severe issues, um, you know, and one of the things that helped the child the most was the socialization with other children who were experiencing the same thing. So I didn't you know, that's one of the things, I guess, when you don't have a diagnosis, you're sort of limited to that. You know, it's like you said, it, well, if you have autism, you hang out with other kids that have autism because then they understand each other or whatever. You know, I'm not I'm. I'm ignorant to that, but I'm just saying, did you have that social outlet at that time? Well, we, we chose to go the opposite direction. Okay. Knowing that he had um, some limited skills, we let him, I was kindergarten dad. Got it. So mm-hmm. I, I took about two years off. Debbie took five years off and we kind of went back and forth. I was kindergarten dad and, and got him socially entrenched with the community at a very young age. Um, and so you were he, all in. I was all in. And, and which I know you like he, that term. I, all I, in. I love that term. <laughs> all and in. and yeah. he, he embraced that. And I think that that helped a lot of the children that were his age mm-hmm. um, at that time to be more compassionate and to, you know, accept him for who he is. At that time, because I know now there's some some differences where, you know, children who have some special needs typically have an aide if they're in regular school. At least where where we live, they have an aide who's literally in most cases with them full time through within the public school. Was that the case early on? No, he um, 
he definitely had preferential treatment of sitting close to the front of the class yeah. so that he but could But he was in attention. regular classes? Regular classes um, until like middle school. Um, once he got into middle school, then he would have at least one class that was just a special needs class mm. um, and so that they could try to... A little more focus. A, a little more focus on the reading, writing, and math. Um, and then in high school... Um, he went through another, it's called the TAPS program, um, and it, it's just a transition, you know, transitional educational program. That So were that, his uh, classes different from the other mainstream but you know, students? We still let him and, and encouraged him um, and talked to the staff to have him do at least two other classes outside of that, Got it. you know, outside of those services mm-hmm. to keep him ingrained in the, you know, in the school and not segregated. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I could see, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty commendable. Obviously, you know, you don't think of it that way because it's your child and you're just doing it, but the idea of how much you put into it and going all in and, you know, the idea I'm going to take off two years and I'm going to dedicate myself to my child's education and make it, I mean, that's, a, that's, a, that's awesome, you know, and your wife doing the same thing for people who might not have the ability to do that, you know, whether it's a lack of income, lack of support around them or so, are there anything that you, you know, can you suggest now? I think it might be a little different where there are aids. There's maybe a little bit more assistance from the state and some other things, but how can somebody do some of those things that you did? You know, like if you're, you know, if you say, well, make sure you're showing up to PTA meetings, make sure you're involved and you know, the other parents and make sure, you know, there's some things like that maybe that they could do that, aren't quite them having the full-time ability to do that. Right. Um, I, I think one thing that is key is is understanding and knowing the staff. So in any school system, you want to make sure that you understand the principal, the assistant principal, you know, the staff members that are around your child mm-hmm. um, and get to know them on a personal basis so that if there is an issue or a problem, it doesn't become an issue or a problem. Got it. You can nip you can it right away. Them. Yeah, you can. You it's an open door policy. But if you don't know who they are, and you walk in, then they're going to say, "Well, I'm super busy." Right. So when he was in kindergarten, he was getting picked on. For a quick story, um, and Debbie told me, "You got to fix it." You know, you're at school anyway. So I just went into the principal's office. He knew who I was, and I said, "I have to sit here and tell you." you know, until we fix this problem. Right. And he said, I have to do my rounds. I said, okay, well, I'll be here when you get back. <laughs> and he said, really? I said, yep. And so he came back an hour and a half later or problem whatever. Solved. I was I was <laughs> sitting there and he was like, you weren't kidding. I said, no, I have to get satisfaction before I go. And right. so we walked into the class and had a discussion with the other kids and so educated- there was some bullying essentially. Yeah. Educating the other kids on, you know, how we're all going to get along. And- that helped, you know, the the overall, you know, child base. Um, and it also helped TJ's um, educational wherewithal to where then he felt safe and secure right. sitting next to somebody saying, hey, I need help, you know, with this project program, whatever. Right. And and so then it really started to take off from there. Got it. Yeah, it's I can imagine that's difficult where, you know, nowadays there's such a huge call it emphasis or an awareness, I should say, on bullying. You know, there's people are very aware of it. Um, 
back then, you know, even when we were going through school yeah. or someone's going through school, there wasn't as much, you know, even if it was 10 years ago, there just wasn't, it was happening. Um, and I can imagine there was situations throughout his schooling, which happens now. Um, was that a sort of constant issue? I mean, or was it something or because you knew a lot of the students and because you were sort of very involved, maybe did they treat him better? Well, because we were very involved um, and I would I would strongly as well, strongly recommend, you know, anybody that has special needs child not to set them aside and and um, make sure that, you know, that they stay active and involved Um, because we were so involved. The the kids ended up embracing him and um, some kids would carry his backpack up the, you know, up the walkway for him if, you know, was too heavy with whatever school activities there was. Um, He wasn't always the last person picked, you know, on the mm-hmm. playground to play four square or hopscotch right. or any of those things. Um, so I, I think that, that keeping them involved, there was some, accept- there was acceptance. There was definite yeah. acceptance by the, by the children at a young age. Yeah. That's uh, which is commendable to, it is. for them. No, I think kids have a certain amount of empathy when they realize that the person needs help and yeah. you can make that aware to them. Then they like, Oh, Okay, let me make sure I'm not being a jerk. You know, yeah. when you don't, when you're just kind of the average kid, like you know, when, when you just you just get picked on, whatever. And if you don't realize that you actually have something to, you know that's wrong, or there's something that's not as quite as 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 what they have, um, then they'll develop that kind of natural empathy. I, I and I don't recall in my schooling that we had much education or communication about children who were different. You know, who were considered whether it was physically different, mentally, Mm -hmm. whatever, because I remember there being students like that. But I remember it's kind of up to the it was up to the parents to kind of say, don't, you know, treat everybody equal, you know, and sort of those lessons versus actually having some communication within the schools Mm -hmm. that are saying, hey, there's going to be, you know, there's going to be kids who learn different, look different, you know, and that just I mean, that comes from anything, whether it's races and everything else we're all the same and treating them the same. Um, mm. You know, there, I, I, I feel like there's a little bit more communication about that now than there was. I just find it fascinating that kids just kind of develop after they know when you just tell them this, what's going on. They're like, Oh, okay, let me help. And they yeah. kind of want to help. But I feel like most kids are good kids. You know, if you really give them the chance to be, yeah, there's a couple bad eggs, but yeah, there's a couple <laughs> jerks out there. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but and if you let the parents get out of the way, then the kids actually right are are good they're they're, they're you know real humans that yeah. that understand and they want to you know be helpful and they yeah. they want to feel good about um yeah. you know trying to do their best with their peers trying to so, be good people yeah right. and you feel good it, about humanity <laughs> right it's when the parents kind of get in the way and say oh no you you know you don't want to yeah um it, it's it's the same you know thing in sports. Um, we we love sports because you know you're you're playing for an ultimate goal to win. Um, but sometimes in losing, you know, in a loss, you learn more than you you know you might right. it, you know when you're winning. So yeah, yeah. Um, and the kids understand that more than the parents. I think sometimes. Well, you, and you had mentioned you know sports. Um, I think you know one of the things when we were talking before was that you know, you, you kept him very active and you kept him involved with a lot of different things. So that was, you know, socially and everything else. But another thing you had said is, you know, he participated in high school sports. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about that and the, not only just the importance of what that was for you and him, 
um, but sort of, you know, the value and what that, what came about from that. Yeah, at a young age, um, you know, all kids will play soccer and, and t-ball and things of that nature. Um, so we, you know, we did that. Um, but basketball was something that, uh, as long as you could run, you know, up and down the, the court um, and at a young age, you know, you could actually travel and they wouldn't call it. <laughs> um, so as he got um, older, we wanted him to continue to work out and uh, exercise. Yeah, exercise and football. You know, he could he could help by being a manager and moving around on the field there. But we didn't want him to get hit. Um, baseball, um, hand eye coordination just wouldn't get it. Uh, so basketball seemed to be a natural. He's a fit. darn good shot too. <laughs> <laughs> He's pretty good. Yeah. So we've we we took on to basketball. Um, and Coach Cassaw, uh, I called him when he was going to be a freshman in high school and said, I want my son to try out. And he was like, oh, no, another another dad that wants his son to try out to get a preferential treatment. And like three minutes into his tryout, he's like, all right, he's on the team. We'll make sure that, you know, we have a spot for him. So um, they, you know, literally – carried extra, a few extra kids because TJ um, was on the team and some of these other, you know, parents were like, hey, you know, I know they're not going to get a lot of playing time, but we want them to work out. We want to be a part of the team. We want them to be a part of the, you know, the high school So there was experience. a couple st- couple students that were like A that? few students that were, you know, like that. And they, you know, I mean, they weren't like the studs. I mean, if you were going to, you know, have a team, I mean, even in pros, you have not, or you have 12, right. you know, and only about seven play. Right. So um, they would, they, you know, they kept 20. You know, right. one time. So, yeah. um, so these kids could work out and have Feel after a part school. Of yeah, have, be a part of a community inside the community. Um, and he, you know, was on the 2012 team that won the southern section of state and went the, oh, the, the furthest that that uh, the school that the gone. school has ever yeah. gone. So, and so funny. he actually, and I know there is a story where he got to play. On the game, he he made his very first shot on the freshman team, and he made his very last shot on the varsity team, <laughs> and every other shot in between didn't didn't go in. But he, he but still he, loved it. He loved it, yeah. and the and the and the he would the coach uh, just said it's tea time. You got to go in, you know. And if it was for forty five seconds or whatever, yeah. and the other kids would, you know, they understood that you know that he's going to get up a shot and see how it goes. And sometimes they'd get a rebound and give it back to him. But uh, he loved it, and and uh, I, that he today would tell you that that's that was, that's yeah. the sweet spot of his high school. That's cool. Memory. Yeah. yeah. Working out and just getting that Or being a part of something. Being a part of the team. Yeah. My um, uh, high school, they let anybody join track. You didn't have to try out. Mm-hmm. So while there was obviously some winners, you know, the fast kids, anybody who wanted to run could run with the team. Right. And, so, and it would be in, in the meets. It would just be like third string, fourth string. It wouldn't yeah. be the, on the seated heats. You'd be on the kind of lesser ones. You know, I was coming somewhere in the middle. There's something <laughs> to be said about that, you know, with, yeah. with you know, whether you're special needs or not. But yeah. the idea that when a children wants to participate, to allow them to participate, you know, the idea is um, 
it, it just seems like that through those growth stages, and especially when you know they're going through teenagers, awkwardness, they just mm-hmm. want to be a part of something. Yeah. You know, every kid, every yeah. kid just wants to feel they're a part of something. And when they're not, we've talked about this, where they're not a part of something good, they're going to be part of something that's bad. Mm-hmm. And the idea of being able to allow them to participate seems like a very good idea. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, and so transitioning from kind of going on the timeline of, you know, going from high school um, to now being an adult, you know, I mean, he's, he's now of adult age. How was that transition? You know, while some of the students are, you know, going off to college or they are going and getting, you know, uh, a career, what was that sort of transition then after high school and saying, okay, now what are you going to do or what's the next step? Well, I think this is the toughest stage, you know, that, that he, for him or you, for him, um, for Debbie and I, the, the, the rule of the house is you, you have to go to school Mm -hmm. and work some job, um, so through high school, he he found work and and he's continued his education, which is good. But he sees his friends go off to, mm-hmm. you know, four year, you know, right. universities. Um, but a majority of them have come back. Mm-hmm. So we kind of try to keep him, you know, to where it's it's realistic for you to you know want to do that and and we would like you to do that but look at these people and and don't try to compare you know yourself to them but it's difficult out there and so for him to now be in a, a young adult um he's understanding more that you know it is going to be very difficult um you know in moving forward and you know the 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 main thing that we would like you know him to learn at this time is you got to stay on time you got to stay on point you got to be honest i mean all the basics the responsibilities correct yeah. and and so i think that's um where his mind's starting to click with that right now yeah it's time for work got to get ready time for school got to get ready got to you know do it's the responsibilities the routine that kind of stuff um so does he, you know, continue to progress in that sense where you said he's learned? I mean, he's now even learning more. I mean, it continues every day is sort of he continues to learn and learn. So there's not a stopping point. I mean, it's like all of us. It's you continue to learn every day. Correct. Know? And I mean, in continuing to learn um, for any person, um, you can't leave your clothes on the floor. Yeah. You know, you have to put your clothes away once they're washed and, and clean. You can't leave the dishes, you know, on the counter so the dog will jump up there and eat it. And, I mean, all those rules. Yeah. Rules and regulations of life um, are, you know, really trying to. And it's almost like Groundhog Day, you know, to where you'll tell him, you know, or ask him to do the same task. Days in a row. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, but I just told you, you know, or just suggested that, you know, we're going to, we're going to, we'll leave whenever you get all this picked up and you, you know, you have your shoes on and we can walk out the door. Right. And so um, that's, I think that's where the patience comes in. You have to learn um, patience and, and know that everybody's going to learn it at a 
different rate. Yeah, <laughs> I know plenty of adults, including <laughs> even myself sometimes, will do the same thing over and over again and forget, oh, yeah, I got to do that first. And I so, never do that. <laughs> <laughs> we're all just, Okay, we're, once in a while. That's what a blue moon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, trying. that's good. And so one of the things I want to do in kind of wrapping up the, or I should say not wrapping up, but summarizing um, sort of some, maybe some tips. I, I wanted to give the listeners you know, five nuggets, if you will, about, you know, how or maybe ways that they can uh, deal with this kind of situation. So maybe if we can focus on a couple of those um, and and sort of go over those and explain them. And so the first one, which you had just mentioned was, uh, you know, and we talked about these beforehand was was patience. Um, I've witnessed firsthand you know, the interaction between you and your son. And and that was one of the first things that came to my mind was, you know, the patience that you have and the, uh, and the requirement. And it's sort of, that's when we were talking about the blessings of, you know, when you're in a situation, situation like this, you have to slow down, you know, you know, for somebody who's maybe type a real fast got, Hey, you want things done real quickly. You have to all of a sudden slow down, be patient, and like you said, in a situation where you're going to might say the same thing over and over every day, you have to, like, you don't have a choice. So is, you know, is patience probably one of the number one things, you know, it's, that you can recommend to, to someone if they are, if they're looking at going through this, they just be, have to be prepared for that patience. If you want any person to learn, you have to be patient with them because we're all going to learn at different you know, different styles, different levels. Um, and being patient is probably the, the biggest nugget because you're going to, uh, you're going to lose your patience, um, from time to time. Um, and you have to catch yourself before, um, it affects you, which then, yeah. yeah, then, then you, you lose, you know, the focus of the child. Right. Yeah. Yeah, The, the second thing, uh, we had talked about or mentioned, um, was, having presence. Maybe you can explain that of um, it's you being present. And I think when we went over talking about, you know, in school and how you, you know, were the, the, the kindergarten dad, is that what you meant by that? Yes. You definitely want to be a part of their life to where they don't feel that they're going to be segregated or um, out of touch Um, and being present and in the now um, just redefines, you know, their self-worth and and their willingness, you know, Mm -hmm. to push themselves to, you know, uh, to be the best person they can be at that moment. Right. No, that makes sense. Uh, A third thing, allowing more independence. So this was something that you had said that you felt like you might be able to improve upon, you know, allowing, cause you know, <laughs> we've talked about this too, where we, um, we don't, we underestimate, I should say, we underestimate what our children can do regardless of whether they have special needs or not. Yeah. We, we, we often will think, Oh, you know, I'll do this for them. I'll help them get dressed. I'll make their lunch. I'll do, you know, instead of allowing them to do it. So maybe you can touch on that in those kinds of situations. Well, being independent is what we all want. Mm -hmm. And so... um, And he really wants that. TJ would love to have his own apartment Mm -hmm. and he would love to live on his own. So we're teaching him how to cook, you know, how to clean up after himself, um, you know, and dressing, Mm -hmm. you know, and and not picking out his clothes. Um, So you, you want to give them independence, even if it's at the expense of your time. Right. So a lot of times 
We don't have time. We're in a we're in Get a fast shoes on. Yeah, yeah, we're we're in a fast paced world. <laughs> so um, you have to schedule your time to make sure that they can be independent, mm-hmm. so that you don't demean them by doing it for them. Well, and we but we do this, and we just recently touched on this is that we do this, and we we do things for them out of love. You know, we feel like, hey, I'm helping them. I love them. I I, I want you know. It's, the simple task, let's say, of getting dressed, you know, oh, I'll help them. It'll be easier. It'll be quicker. It'll be, you know, easier for everybody. When the truth is, is we're not really helping them. You know, what's, what would ultimately help them is them being have or being able to do it by themselves. And so that's a very, very good point, whether special needs or not. Yeah. You know, the idea of allowing them to do things. And I think you had said even allowing them to fail. Correct. Well, and, and they have to pay the consequences. So if, if you're going to so be independent. you almost protected them too much. Correct. Yeah. If, you, if you allow them to fail, so you're going to be late to class, well, then you might not get to go out for recess. Right. So instead of us Natural rushing them in the. Right. The everyday consequences of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and you feel it, like you might have protected too much against that. You know, or didn't allow him to have that at a young age. Yeah, and now he's he's over the top, <laughs> independent, and and very much on time. If he's supposed to be somewhere at five o'clock, if he's not there by four thirty, four forty-five, he feels he's late, which is the John Wooden rule of school. Got it. So, <laughs> so that one you've you've got pretty good. You got we, that we, one. In. We've got <laughs> that one nipped. Yeah. Um, and then the fourth one, you know, which we talked about too, is keeping him social. So whether that was the basketball team, um, you know, having friends over, I mean, just the normal, you know, especially through the teenage years of, and, and all before that, you know, being social is so important of having that network. So maybe you can touch on that a little bit. And keeping him socially sound in school, then after school programs. So the Boys and Girls Club, the YMCA, the children around the, you know, the neighborhood, um, all those things help his self-esteem and and he won't isolate if we keep him like he has a faith group mm-hmm. you know um and they meet you is, know is that something that you know that happens a lot with those children is they do isolate themselves is that that's sort of one of the the things they said well i'd just rather do this and they kind of do it by themselves and they sit yeah and and they because they don't believe that they're gonna yeah something yeah. right you sit with their stuffed animal because they know they're not going to get teased with it or right. whatever that is and and i know that even the smallest of kids get teased so teach should be getting teased from time to time, you know, himself. Right. And so I, I like to keep him out there because the world's a, you know, it's a big place. Yeah. And, and for any of us to isolate, I don't, I don't believe that that's healthy. And I believe that keeping him social has kept him, you know, sound in that, that's awesome. in that way. Yeah. And then the last item is education, you know, and I think um, you kind of, touched on the idea of both education for him, keeping him, you know, his mind going and exercising his mind as well as his body, but then also the education for you, you know, of maybe learning about the situation. So a father who is, um, you know, just learning about what the situation is with their child, 
of diving in and learning as much as they can, you know, to understand it. Right. You want your, you know, what's best for your child for first and foremost. So you want them to continue education, even if it's at a snail's pace um, and you can't get frustrated with them because then they will get discouraged and they won't want to do it. Um, and then the education for yourself is you want to reach out to people that are like TJ's 22. So if there was somebody that was six, that family should reach out to my family or another, you know, family mm -hmm. to say, okay, look, how do you get from six to 22 and how are we going to, you know, help ourselves? And we've done a lot of the legwork and we've asked um, plenty of advocates um, and specialists and things of that nature. And, and so it's not that we can live your life, but we can definitely, help. you know, help. I mean, there's plenty of people out in the community that are in the same situation. Um, that's why I don't think, I think education and not isolation is, is key. So maybe that, you know, it's adding a sixth thing of being open and honest about the situation. You know, you just like you didn't want him to sort of hide I could see, you know, when you don't really know what to do, that is a tendency for a lot of people to just clam up and not be social. And and, and let's be candid, like it could be, they could be embarrassed. They could be angry. They could be there's all kinds of things when you don't know what to do. And that idea of being open, being honest, reaching out, um, you know, seems like that is the best track. That, know, that for is, both you, him, your family, everything. That is yeah. the best track. You you cannot internalize it yourself. I mean, God made us all individuals. There is no rhyme or reason why, um, and so you you don't want to. I don't know isolate. if I can handle another me. So <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I could handle another you. But, but you you want to make sure that that uh, that you don't internalize it as a dad. You want to you know you want to embrace every moment and every small victory, mm -hmm. whatever that is. Um, please bust your dish, you know. Please put put your shoes, you know, over in the by the front door so that you know where they're at. Right. Put your keys in the same spot every day. All those little victories are what you really want to do as a dad, and not just you know isolate your child or get frustrated with them. Um, it's healthy for both parties, right? Yeah. No, that's awesome. Um, I, I really, really thank you for sharing the story. It's um, it, it's really important that dads understand when you're facing.